Hey everybody, and welcome to today's news tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Ash Paulson, and I'm just joined by a bunch of friends today. I've got my dear GBG co-founder, Derek Bittner, with me, as well as Brandon, voice of God Miracle himself, filling in for Steve, who unfortunately had a work conflict today. But just as importantly, we have my very dear friend, Kat Bailey, host of the Action of the Blood God podcast, coming back for her second appearance on today's news tonight. Kat, how you doing? Oh, am I the first person to have two appearances or is somebody else like, um, I do I have an eternal rival? You, you have there two, are a couple two of other, yeah. you have two other eternal rivals. Uh, she says and, uh, Fushi beat you, right. beat you to it. But, uh, I don't know. Now it's a race to number three. Exactly. Well, so fair, you could Fushi's get the first second appearance was as a VTuber. That is true. That's true. Technically so different. really, that's kind of like an appearance and a half, I guess. That's like you've 1. had 5. a VTuber on. Wow, I'm we've starstruck. We've had two right? VTubers yeah. on. Yeah, crazy, had, amazing. Uh, we had Mads, and then we had Miss Fushi, who was was not a VTuber at the time we first had her on, but is now. And uh, oh. yeah, so but in terms of non VTubers, she says a boundary break is the only one who's uh, other than you who's been on twice. Actually, there are people mentioning Chugga. I kind of forgot we had Chugga on twice because we had him oh, back right. on we for did Pyra Mithra. Twice. Right. Yeah, for Pyra Mithra specifically. Right. So thank you for that. Uh, for wow. that Our memories are terrible. <laughs> yeah. We're getting old, man. Time to send an apology tweet to Chugga after the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, right? He's. Um, he, Still chugging along in the uh, in Resident <laughs> Chronicles Two, so in our hearts, chugging yeah, along right. in our hearts, <laughs> right. Uh, well, as always, before we get ahead uh, and get onto the news, we do have a sponsor for today's episode, and that is the spectacular Chip Damage Mike, who says hi. My name is Mike, and I win all my fighting game matches via Chip Damage. I am also plagued by being interested in too many things. Movies, comics, manga, anime, video games, toys, and all nerd culture have their hooks firmly embedded into my brain, and I just want to talk about it. Over on my channel, Chip Damage Mike, we look at rare, weird, and valuable games on all platforms, ranging from oddities like the Neo Geo Pocket to the big ones like the PlayStation 4. I'll also be going over toy releases from companies like First Four Figures, Figma, and Kotobukiya, as well as discussions on where to start on big franchises like Yakuza and Final Fantasy. I want this channel to be a positive force where enthusiasts and collectors come together over their shared love of nerd media and culture. So get hyped and please click on over and subscribe to Chip Damage Mike on YouTube and let's have some fun. He also wants to add that he recently completed videos on the various Resident Evil limited editions released over the years, as well as a video on the massive two foot tall Metal Gear Rex figure released by the company oh, 3A. My God. So, right? I didn't even know that existed. So, it's uh, like a small stuff. child Metal Gear Rex. Right. Just actually thinking that I was like comparing it to my son and like, um, I think that's as tall as he is. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> you get uh, this Metal Gear Rex and say, I'm sorry, my child, you have been replaced. <laughs> this is my child now. Rex right. is my child now. I'm uh, sorry, kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am going, going to go ahead and post Chip Damage, Mike, Chip Damage Mike's YouTube channel link in our live chat for our live audience and go ahead and pin that up there. So please uh you know head on over check out his videos and please subscribe and mike has told us that he has uh thanks to your generous support gbg community he has gotten up to over 400 subscribers so nice. let's wow. keep it up thank you so much that's for awesome all the way to go yes and yeah, thank you and let's get into 500 and beyond let's just keep going go. so uh and for those of you watching the vod version we will of course have a link to chip damage mike's youtube channel in the description below with that said guys you ready to talk about some news 
Let's talk yeah, about some news. Video games. All right. Yes. <laughs> All right. Video games. Uh, this was this was posted in our newsroom channel by Jess, and uh, this has to do with uh, Microsoft and Discord. So let's go ahead and get that up on the screen. And Microsoft is apparently in talks to acquire Discord for more than $10 billion. That's not million with an M. That's billion with a B. Although it is important to point out that sources close to these talks uh, have said that there is no imminent deal and Discord is likely just uh, going to opt to go public instead. So the, the main thing I take away from this is I wish it was Nintendo because Nintendo needs a good voice chat solution and because you know microsoft. nintendo would do amazing like nintendo really knows how to run a voice chat solution oh yeah totally like <laughs> yeah. i hear like i hear where you're coming from ash but i also think like nintendo wouldn't know what to do with it oh, I mean, oh granted, let, me, let me yeah but they and might granted, leave discord alone is the thing that's what yeah because I mean. granted it doesn't from, seem like microsoft knows what to do with it either because well we saw what happened with skype <laughs> right yeah oh, no, God. I'm, I'm looking yes. at it strictly from the perspective of if, if nintendo you know, acquired their services, but let them do what they do best and didn't try to manage them themselves. Because you're right, Nintendo would run into the ground. They would have no idea what to do with it. In but fairness on Skype, it's a terrible service, but <laughs> it was acquired at a different time in Microsoft's history. And I would say that X, Microsoft in general is a better company now um, under the current leadership yeah. that it's under. Having said that, I absolutely do not want Discord to be acquired by any major company because that's just going to be a complete disaster for privacy. We're going to get feature creep. You're already seeing it with Slack. Uh, Slack was acquired by, I think, Salesforce, and they're already adding in all of this nonsense like Slack Connect where you can DM people on any Slack you want. It's just like, no, this is not the stuff that I want. But you know that if Discord came in, we would have to go find entirely new places to put our communities because Microsoft would ruin it. Right. Oh, and that is the worry with one of my friends. And he brought up uh, when Oculus was acquired by Facebook. Now they require a Facebook login to use their services. And I'm just thinking yeah. about that with Discord. I'm like, are they going to force us to use Microsoft accounts to use their services? Because I don't really want to do that. Right. Yeah, not, no not really. Unless it like came with also like a free subscription to Game Pass. <laughs> like, OK, sure. <laughs> yeah. As ETL Microsoft wants to own you. They, yeah, they right. really do. Yeah. They want to own everything. They're in a buying mood. Yep. Um, <laughs> as Etienne O'Ben in the chat points out, Nintendo incorporating Discord services would, would be better than the total acquisition. Completely agree with that. Um, not that, you know, but Nintendo's got to protect the kids, right? So that's probably never going to happen. But they sure do need it. Because um, mm. I already, I mean, Discord's my, my go-to solution already for when I'm playing a Nintendo game with, you know, online with friends. <laughs> I'm sure as hell not using the the stupid nintendo voice chat app on on mobile for Actually, sure the voice chat app existed on mobile wow oh, i just right. I forget about it. i have that app and i completely forgot about it <laughs> i used it a couple of times and it's okay but but it's, it's very easy for calls to get interrupted and dropped. yeah yeah and it's just it's ick. not great why not just use discord right um well speaking of nintendo uh they are the subject of our next news story so let's go ahead and get that up on screen and this was reported in our news channel by Jenny G and Fangs. And we've got yet more Switch Pro rumors coming in from Bloomberg. Now, the article itself is paywall locked, but essentially they're saying that uh, Nintendo is going to be using new NVIDIA graphics chips in the 2021 Switch upgrade, um, which may or may not end up being called the Switch Pro. Who knows? Um, but on top of that, uh, Bloomberg reporter Takashi Mochizuki 
did tweet some uh, additional details from that article recently. And they, that includes, um, it's going to release later this year in 2021. It's going to have a 7-inch 720p OLED screen. Uh, it will have DLSS, as well as a better CPU, more memory, and apparently it's going to launch with a lot of games, whatever that means. I don't know if that means Switch Pro-specific games, uh, but, but possibly most importantly, uh, analysts are saying that this is going to cost anywhere between $349.99 and $399.99. So there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, but Brandon, uh, you are our resident tech guy, and I know Steve would have a lot to say about this if he was here, but I'd like to give your thoughts on some of this more tech jargon because I'm not as much of a tech guy person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing here for me is the uh, the fact that it will be DLSS equipped. Because um, I don't know if you've ever gotten to utilize DLSS or see it in action, but it's it's basically tech magic. Uh, the AI mm. learning that it uses to upscale your games to 4K is unbelievable. I uh, I have a 4K TV in my basement with my computer hooked up, uh, and I recently played Control in 4K using DLSS, and it looked incredible. You couldn't tell it wasn't native. Uh, this is going to be fantastic for getting the best bang for your buck in performance out of the Switch Pro. Uh, and this is easily the most exciting thing about it to me, assuming it's true. <laughs> right, of course. This is all assuming it's true. I mean, that's the thing. It's, this, it has to be true at this point. There have been so many freaking reports about this thing. It's um, yeah. It's it's yeah. funny because I've already gotten to the point of like I'm sick of hearing about it. It's just like, whatever. It's a thing. Yeah. Let's just have right. it come out already. I, I don't care. Yeah. But uh, it's Kat, definitely you, happening. Course, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry, I, to, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But oh, no, no, no. Say, go for it. We've been talking about this for a couple of years at this point. I mean, ever since going back to the Nintendo mm -hmm. Switch Lite. And I think the thing, my main takeaway is that Nintendo's going for it in a way that I don't think a lot of us were really expecting. So with DLSS, they're basically going to have upscaled 4K graphics. And that's an amazing thing to have for the Nintendo Switch. I think... Yeah. It's a little bit disappointing yeah. that it's going to be a 720p uh, screen uh, for a handheld rather than 1080p. But at the same time, the Nintendo Switch's screen is small enough that it's not going to really matter. I think what really matters exactly. the most when you're playing on Nintendo Switch is whether or not the frame rate is on point because that hasn't always been the case with a lot of Nintendo Switch games. Now, I'm playing Bravely Default 2, and it's not great at certain points. And so... <laughs> I really hope that the Nintendo Switch Pro uh, really has some appreciable upgrades in many regards uh, with this uh, new tech. But when I look at the, the specs for this, um, I will absolutely drop the money for this Pro upgrade of the Nintendo Switch because it's been over a uh, year four of the Nintendo Switch and yeah. it's, we're ready. Yeah, we need a tech upgrade. Yeah, well, because it's interesting because, again, frame rate drops, that's something that seems to be popping up more often nowadays. Yeah, People are saying, complaining mm -hmm. about the frame rates just not keeping up with the Switch anymore. So it's almost like the perfect time to release a Switch, an upgraded Switch, just so, hey, all of a sudden these games that you played and eh, they still worked pretty well, but then they had a couple issues, now play great. Now you can really enjoy Age of Calamity and Bravely Default 2 and go back to the original Breath of the Wild and enjoy that to its full fullest potential. Like it's weird. Like it's probably completely unintentional, but it the time frame works. Like it just seems like Nintendo lucks out a lot when it comes to the Switch. 
I, yeah. I think the, and uh, the DLSS can't be understated for how much it's going to help, mm-hmm. not only with resolution, but frame rate, because now there's going to be a lot more resources just dedicated purely to frame rate because it doesn't have to go into resolution uh, because mm-hmm. of DLSS. So I think not only are we going to have probably better CPU performance, uh, which is just going to raise the bar on its own, but now we'll be able to get higher uh, resolutions with no frame rate cost, and I think uh, people are going to be surprised at what this will be capable of because of that. Yeah, I mean, I've certainly used DLSS in my own games on my own TV, ha- having recently gotten a 4K TV, uh, playing games that I know are using DLSS instead of displaying true 4K, and it it is really amazing stuff. Um, and, and I find myself very intrigued by the idea of DLSS-enabled updates for games like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe smash ultimate splatoon 2 like that could be really exciting especially for me with smash right um but i I think it also can't be understated or sorry overstated how how much performance upgrades would really matter i would love to go back and replay really the entirety of hyrule warriors age of calamity at a frame rate above 18 fps right so (laughs) was it that bad oh my god no i mean it it was i don't think it was that bad no it it uh... got really bad in certain points but there were also times where it would, you know, run it. I only had one time where I thought it really chugged in single player. Yeah. Co-op. That's where it really tanked. I tried playing it in co-op with my wife and there were times where it definitely felt like we were hitting single digits. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'd say that most of the time age of calamity runs somewhere between 25 and 30 FPS, but then, in certain instances, I, I was afraid my Switch was just going to explode because it was <laughs> running so slowly. Um, but, I mean, the game was still fun despite that, so that just, you know, underscores the game's quality. But The uh, bummer is that do- we're now getting into this situation where uh, we saw it with the PlayStation 4 Pro and the original PlayStation 4, where at a certain point, developers just start shooting for the PS4 Pro specs and games start just being complete garbage on the base PS4. And I think it's going to be even more acute on the Nintendo switch. People were, have been having bad experiences with the base version of the switch going back to its release. And we are just going to see that times like 10. So if you don't upgrade, um, sorry in advance. <laughs> I wonder how yeah. we'll see that in Nintendo's first party catalog because uh, right I mean, yeah. in the past, like even with the new 3ds, there weren't a lot of games that were, exclusive or really had performance boosts from the new 3ds it's not exclusivity but you do see a lot of games like pokemon sun and moon as a case in point Mm. loaded a lot faster just was a lot better Mm. on the new 3ds in general 3ds yeah and if you look at xenoblade chronicles 2 that was a i guess nintendo second party that was uh, that really chugged on the original (laughs) switch at, at launch so it's I I don't necessarily trust Nintendo to optimize its games right out of the gate. I mean, uh, one way or another. Even Link's Awakening, like we're seeing more and more of Nintendo not really yeah, that's true. Yeah, their stuff. Link's Awakening is still the the example that still surprises me the most. I I really yeah. thought that game would be a smooth sixty FPS once it came out, and that to me is like one of the one of the main games that could really benefit from a from a performance boost. Um, not to mention, you know, it's not only just about frame rate drops but i know with xenoblade 2 and xenoblade definitive edition i don't know the exact number but when uh, it's certain it uses a variable resolution right and in certain instances when playing on handheld mode i think it drops to like 520p or something 
like definitely low res in, in certain instances in those games. So that could also help possibly, uh, you know, improve that performance and, and not have to rely on that variable resolution quite as much. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about this proposed price? Like, do we think it's right, going to be 350 or do we think it's going to be 400? Do we think that's a mistake and they should just make it 300 and the original Switch 200 for, uh, for example? Was the ori- what was the original Switch's release price? Was it 300? 300. It hasn't price dropped at all. Okay. 400 is, uh, you're starting to get into premium console territory and you're asking a lot of people to double dip. So you're going to have, I think lower sales than you might expect because so many people Mm -hmm. who bought the original Nintendo switch were much more casual gamers. Like a lot of people I know who own the switch don't know, own any other console they just bought it because the price was right and it was accessible and it's Nintendo and, you know, they're they playing Animal the Crossing. Meme, Animal Crossing, Breath of the Wild, whatever. Whereas Switch Pro is for the uh, the power users, like, you know, me. Somebody's going to spend 400 bucks to have the best possible experience. It's going to be pretty interesting, I think, to see how this ends up being received. I don't, I think a smaller percentage of people buy this thing than you might expect. Yeah, especially at that $400 price point, I, I think that that's a, a price point that only hardcore Nintendo enthusiasts are going to bite at. That's not that's not your general consumer, oh, I really care about what the Switch Pro offers over the original Switch. I don't think they're going to bite at that point. Hardcore Nintendo fans like us, yeah, of course. But I do think that that in general, $349, if they can, if they can hit that price point, I think that's a much more attractive price point to the general consumer in terms of selling them on the updated feature set when they might not otherwise care and just go for either a switch light or an og switch for you know less money you can really mm-hmm. see how nintendo is changing as a company because under iwata and maybe even previous regimes price point was a big deal so letting it get to this point is pretty surprising and then also to really go for it in terms of tech um, as opposed to affordability it's definitely changing times over at nintendo i think well, yeah, Kat, times definitely are changing in, in, at Nintendo, and uh, we'll see what comes of that. But with that said, I think it's about time to move on to our next topic, which has to do with their sometimes rival PlayStation. Now, this is interesting because it kind of harks back to something we were talking about in our last episode about, uh, about Sony shutting down the PS3 and PSP and PS Vita stores. Uh, we have just found out that Sony has registered a new patent for awarding trophies via emulated games. Now, on its face, that's not that interesting. But considering that we we also think we know that they're shutting down all their current avenues for emulation of class of their classic games, could this point to something being in the works on the PS1 to PS3 front? Who knows? But it does at least beg the question of if there's something here to get excited about. Uh, Kat, what do you think about this? <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, I mean, I guess any any preservation that we can possibly get is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I'm going to throw it to all of you um, really quickly, and then I can have some fuller thoughts in just a second. Fair enough. No problem. It's the tricky thing here with the this is like that'd be great. You know, this would be right. Sucks for PS3, only PS3 owners and only PSP and Vita. But if it, if we could start getting ports of those games to PS5 and who knows, maybe even PS4, have a way to preserve um, 
you know, those Vita and PSP games and even PS3 and before, that'd be wonderful. All of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, you can download uh, Crisis Core on th- uh, that was available on the PSP onto your PS5. Done. Done, done, With done. trophies <laughs> and everything. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the real hope here, right? Is you know, I, I certainly there are people out there who really care about trophies. I'm not one of them. For no. me, this is just, this is like, okay, maybe this opens the door to the idea that Sony is actually working on an emulation, you know, solution for PS5, that giving us access to at least some PS1 and PS2 games. That's what I hope, um, you know, as because we were just talking about how absolutely genuinely heartbreaking it is that all these games that are available on the various PlayStation stores are allegedly going to be gone forever, uh, digitally at least, come July and August. I have to wonder what I think form it's... this is going to take. Um, because mm-hmm. uh, if they're taking all these games off the old stores, are we getting updated ports of those for current hardware, or are they going to do something similar to, to Nintendo where we just have access to a library of retro games? Uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily mind that, um, but I know a lot of people have very very negative opinions about how Nintendo handles that currently. Um, but I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely interesting. I don't think mm-hmm. it fixes the core problem of the PS3 and the Vita basically mm-hmm. being killed. And no. I think that's really disappointing if I want to be able to... It sounds like there are some really fundamental tech issues that this is impacting with the PlayStation 3 that almost turns it into an oversized paperweight. And that's a, that's a real problem in my mm-hmm. mind. In many ways yeah. that I don't think having a good emulation for the PlayStation 5 will necessarily fix. I mean, the idea to me would be just like, hey, I purchased these games on the PS3 and now they just transfer over to the like the same thing. Like, the store is now available in the uh, PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 PSN and I can download the games there now. That'd be great. Uh, they're just emulated this time around. But I don't... I, Something tells me that's not going to be the case. The next best solution would be a catalog a la Nintendo, but I don't even know if that's po- I don't even know if that's a thing. So mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> Yeah. Sony just doesn't put a lot of priority on emulating old games. Um mm-hmm. They like Jim Ryan, who mm. is uh, a major yeah. force at Sony, has explicitly come out yeah. kind of against <laughs> preservation and retro and being kind of being like, I don't understand what all the fest is about. So it's hard to imagine Sony putting major resources into this. They haven't really done that since the PlayStation 3, ironically, came out yeah. in 2006. So I, I, I don't have great feelings about this, unfortunately. Sony seems their their preferred method seems to be to take an old game like say Shadow of the Colossus and then just give it a really beautiful remake via Bluepoint or something like that. So or Demon Souls. Right. So yeah, it's not it's not adequate though. I want my it's old not. games. And mm-hmm. this is a, this has been a problem with Sony or stuff like this has been a problem with Sony for at least a little while because I know way back in the day I still remember that Capcom had a little trouble getting games like Mega Man X4 and Mega Man 8 greenlit because Sony at the time thought people didn't want old 2D games. No one, Nobody wants 2D games anymore. It's about 3D. I don't know who specifically said that. Um, I'm not saying it was Jim Ryan. I don't know if you... I think it was just Sony in general who was saying that. It was just Sony in general, I think. Yeah, yeah, Capcom, I think, threatened like, all right, no Resident Evil for you. Like, all right, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
So it, it's a shame that, that Sony seems like they are so missing the mark in terms of what their audience actually wants in terms of game preservation. And this is a problem we see in the yeah. industry in general, where the game industry mm-hmm. is so pres- uh, preservation averse that it just doesn't make sense. And, um, but I think you're right, Kat, for as long as Jim Ryan is a force at Sony, I, I think that they're just going to continue to ignore that this segment of their audience, which I, I, I suspect is bigger than they might think it is who, who want these classic games. Well, fundamentally, when you, when you see a medium as just product and something to sell, as opposed to something that is actually worth preserving an artistic medium, this is the attitude. These are the attitudes you're going to get. And in a very broad sense, video games still aren't taken seriously by the, companies who actually make them which is too bad and you know video games still a pretty young medium especially compared to film it took film a long time before it was taken seriously and film preservation was seen as something that was a worthy endeavor it's just too bad that we are still working toward that point with video games it does feel like we're finally reaching that generation that is all about film preservation it's just a matter of getting those people who care about film uh, preservation into seats of power in the, in the companies themselves. So it actually, you know, happens. Well, additionally, uh, tragically right. for a lot of films there, there, there's no chance at preservation just because of, uh, you know, how flammable film is. And a lot of it just yeah. was either destroyed in fires or wasn't preserved at all. Uh, and I, right. you know, that's one of the driving forces behind the video game preservation movement is we have a chance to preserve all these games and we shouldn't squander that while we have it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If uh, Sony does really like just move over the PS3 console, uh, you know, all the games they have available on the PSN on PS PS3, two, five, and four, um, that's a good opportunity for you, Cat, because that's like all of a sudden, like here's all these RPG gems that you RPG <laughs> RPG gems that all of a sudden maybe we're checking out. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, just in general, and yeah, there are so many really good RPGs on both the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation Vita that are going to be quite hard to find once those stores get uh, shut down, most notably among them Suikoden 2. So I I really hope that Sony finds at least some alternative uh, Mm -hmm. to getting these games over onto PlayStation 5. Because good luck having Konami re-release Suikoden 2. (laughs) Oh, it's never happening. No. Um, by a the way, collection on uh, a Suikoden collection on Switch would be really nice. You know, Ooh, in the vein of Castlevania. Cool. Yeah. Or Grandia. Yeah. Maybe Grandia can have a collection from M2. Make it happen. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, really quick, uh, Goron Amber in the chat says, "Oh man, my cat isn't in the pet feed." So thank you for letting us know that, and we'll make sure to look into that. I've noted it down. Uh, we're really sorry that that's that uh, your cat is not in the feed. So we will look into that. Oh, With that's us, that's probably my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it's no worries, man. I mean, you got a lot of stuff going on, but yeah, just thanks for letting us know, Goron Amber, and we're gonna we'll we'll take care of it. Uh, all right, well, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next news story. Oh, actually, by the way, uh, Fangs was the one who posted that previous story <laughs> in our newsroom, so thank you for that. Let's go ahead and move on to our next story, which uh, has to do with a game I think all of us here are just a little bit excited about. All right, so Final Fantasy VII Remake's producer Yoshinori Kitase uh, has hinted that Part Two might see the resurrection of a dead character. Now, of course, this means we're going to have to talk about spoilers here. 
So I want to give everyone a few seconds in the live audience and those listening to the, to the VOD version to mute, walk away for a little bit, maybe come back in 10 minutes or so, uh, just to avoid <laughs> spoilers. So five, four, three, two, one, and spoiler mode time. Okay, so the speculation that this uh, is that this dead character that might come back in part two is in fact Jesse. And this is because when Kitase was asked the question, is Jesse alive during the FF7 remake integrated PlayStation play, play, play stream, Kitase got nervous, laughed, and said, I can't answer that. That seems <laughs> yeah, that's an answer. damning. Seems to be really giving that away, doesn't it? I, it does. I mean, the bigger, somehow big survived, so it wouldn't surprise me. Like, it made me immediately wonder, is Jesse alive? And we never really got full confirmation if if uh bigs was i mean if wedge if wedge was alive after his running with the whispers right so yeah i mean there there are various ways this could go right and uh it was we, we were talking in the uh, in our discord server about this um that it could potentially be with what seems to be the timeline shift thing happening Maybe that's how Jesse comes back. And, you know, we, we've seen what seems to be Zach alive again. There's some sort of timey-wimey thing going on, right? And uh, That's and so never maybe, good when that term gets thrown around. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that might be how she is able to come back. Um, I don't know how else she could because it was pretty clear that she, she died in, in the Shinra attack on the plate. So... The other thing is, is somehow Yuffie's involved in that whole mess and is able to save Jesse somehow. I don't know. Was that could uh, be yeah. Jesse's body was left there when the plate came down, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. So we so technically don't know that she's dead, but uh, right, it seemed pretty explicit in the moment. Bring Again, back all right. the other avalanche people—they're definitely going to bring back Jesse. Yeah. Right. Jesse became a huge fan favorite for with oh, her totally. recharacterization. She has such a great moment. She's so thirsty. Game. She can be thirsty for Zach too. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> very true. Um, and actually, uh, I was having a conversation with this about uh, with our GVG community member Dusk Mirage and uh, our and our server, and they came up with a particularly heartbreaking scenario in which she comes back because of the timey wimey stuff, but she's not the Jesse that the party bonded with. She might be a Jesse that despises Avalanche and truly thinks they're evil. Maybe even have to fight her. That would be like maximum tragedy right there. But who knows where they're going to go? That with would be this. maximum Kingdom Hearts, is what it would yeah, be. Well, she actually, turns around right. with the Xehanort eyes. <laughs> I mean, right. <laughs> could also just do a simple. I think I saw this all mentioned in the chat as well. I, I didn't fully look through it, but. Um, like she's hanging out at just like she's an actress back in Gold Saucer, and you when you finally get the Gold Saucer in part two, hey, there's Jesse, but she doesn't know anybody, right? Right, yeah. So, so who knows how this is going to go? Um, all I know is that I'm, you know, I, I do, I will say, I do prefer that you know when games have the guts to, or stories, regardless of medium, have the guts to kill off characters. I do prefer when they drive it home and actually stay dead, just because you know that really drives the heartbreak. F further right at the same time i just really like jesse so <laughs> it would be nice to see mm. her come back um if that's who this is and I, I think it's pretty pretty obvious that it seems like it is um with that said i think we're, we're pretty much done here so for those of you you're on mute anyway so you probably won't know this but we are <laughs> done with some remake spoilers so uh let's go ahead and move on to our next story which has to do with ninja Gaiden. 
All right. So this was posted in our newsroom channel by Vash. And uh, Team Ninja's Fumihiko Yasuda said to, said to Famitsu, well, a bunch of things. Uh, I'll start with the least interesting part first, and the least of me, and that is that they chose the Sigma versions of Ninja Gaiden for the upcoming Master Collection because Ninja Gaiden Blacks and Ninja Gaiden 2's data were not salvageable. Uh, make of that mm. what you will. However, mm. he also expressed interest in doing a new Ninja Gaiden sequel and that he's aware of Smash fans wanting Ryu Hayabusa in the game, but is quote-unquote waiting for an invitation, which suggests all sorts of things. So... There's a lot to unpack here. Uh, is anybody here a big Ninja Gaiden fan, modern Ninja Gaiden fan? I enjoyed the original quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. I the played the first Xbox. one to a point, but uh, my skills were not up to snuff at the time, and I barely—I don't think I made it too far in that game. I played it ten was quite hard. of, of uh, Razor's Edge and decided that it wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I played like twenty minutes of the original Ninja Gaiden Sigma, and it just wasn't for me. I'm a big fan of the original Eight Bit Trilogy on NES, and I know Cat, you are as well, right? I'm a huge fan of the original Eight Bit Trilogy, <laughs> but as for the modern game, I think we forget how big that game was at the oh, time. It was a major exclusive on the original Xbox, and it made the development a star out of the development team. Uh, Tomonobu Itagaki was kind of a he was kind of on the level of a Hideo Kojima like he was treated as a rock star in the Japanese game development scene because of yeah. the original Ninja Gaiden because mm-hmm. the action was just that good and it was gorgeous it was a gorgeous game for its time it doesn't hold up quite as well uh, in Ninja Gaiden Black still very playable it's definitely the best out of the modern trilogy I'm surprised that the data is unsalvageable because Ninja Gaiden Black has been appearing, you know, it's on Game Pass, I think. Like it's right on various online storefronts and that kind of thing. But uh, I don't know. I would be, I would absolutely love to play a sequel from Team Ninja that's a lot more modern because the older Ninja Gaiden games are, you know, a little bit long in the tooth at this point. So Mm. I wouldn't mind seeing an original take, kind of like Devil May Cry, the the most Mm -hmm. recent Devil May Cry. Oh, that'd be really cool. Right. Yeah. I'd just like to see Team Ninja acknowledge and do anything at all with the original NES trilogy. Re-release it in a collection. That'd be fine. I'm not asking <laughs> for remakes or a Ninja Gaiden 4, 8-bit or anything, but just re-acknowledge them. Re-release the games, man. They're so good. Uh, and that does lead me to the whole Smash speculation. So, of course, now, Yasuda would not, could not admit it. And if, if he had already gotten an invite for Ryu to join Smash. So this could just be a long con and that it's already happening. But if we take him at his word, that does kind of suggest that this late in the game into Fighters Pass Volume 2, that is for as many people have been kind of assuming that Ryu might make it, he might not. I mean, why were we assuming that Ryu was going to make it? Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I never had that assumption. Sorry, I, I guess I should... I, a lot of the Smash circles I kind of pay attention to, it just generally... A lot of people think Ryu is, is kind of likely. I never really like that Gino, person. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I never really agreed with them. And I agree with you. As much as I'd like 8 bit Hayabusa in the game, I don't really yeah. see it happening. Um, I mean, but Ryu I, and Ninja yeah. and Smash Brothers would be amazing. I mean, he would be another sword boy, but right. you could have a lot of fun with the, the projectiles. I would love to have the birds swooping in, yes. uh, being able to use the, uh, the windmill star, having the little dog galloping along the floor. Uh, you could really annoy the <laughs> heck out of people 
with all of the the projectile spam that you could manage with Ryu, which is to say mm. that yeah. uh, he would absolutely be my kind of character. <laughs> there are so many cool things you can do with like the fire wheel that goes up at an angle, like a 45 degree angle above Ryu. Um, and if he does a final smash, you have to have the Tecmo Theater where oh. like it's like yeah. panning across and then you yes. see a bunch of char- characters oh. die or you see... Uh, Ryu running through the field and then jumping into the air and slicing through uh, Mario or That'd something really like that. Cool. I'd be into that. Mario dies Kat, again. I need, I need to get you and Sakurai <laughs> talking to one another because I love yeah. everything you're saying here. Everything. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. And and there are so many uh, you know possibilities for spirit battles too, like DLC spirits, like mm-hmm. Irene, Jackio, uh, Ashtar was his name, I think, the, the yes. villain in the second one, Foster. There's so much they could do with this old 8-bit trilogy. And uh, is it going to happen? No, probably not. But I, Yeah, it it's, it's basically feels like the last classic NES character that didn't make it in. Yeah. It's because uh, it's just a ninja. Like, as much yeah. as like Ryu, he's not iconic in the same way as Simon and all of them. No disrespect to Ryu Hayabusa. He's a great ninja and everything. I think it's Ninja yeah. Gaiden is iconic because of the difficulty, but yeah. nobody really thinks about Ryu himself. Um, it's because the gameplay was just so good. It was an amazing 8-bit right. platformer, one of my absolute favorites. This might be heresy to say, to say many... but I associate Ryu more with Dead or Alive than I do his own franchise. Casp. Get out there. Get out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Honestly, when I played Dead or Alive 2, it took me a long time to realize that was the same Ryu because I didn't grow up with Ninja Gaiden as a kid. So it's like, I mean, it's the same for me, but and that's kind of where that stems from. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that makes sense. Um, And of course, you know, this is all to say nothing of how many amazing music tracks they could pull from the three NES games. And I'm sure the new games, too. I just don't know anything about their music. Uh, Steve is here. Hey, man. uh, Sorry you couldn't make it to the show today, but Steve is in the chat with a very good point. As cool as Ryu Hayabusa is, Steve says, Joe Musashi is the best ninja. He has a dog, which, yeah, <laughs> game, set, match. I, I have Would no that count be a that. wild pool. Like, all the options for right? Sega characters, and they go with Joe, has, uh, Joe was it Musashi or Hisashi? Joe Musashi. Musashi. Yeah. Yeah. I've not played hey, a lot look, of the uh, those games. I'd rather they put Strider in than Ooh, uh, Strider. Strider would be pretty hype. Strider would be hype. Yeah. Um, Goran, Goran Amber in the chat says Urban Champion can work. I promise that is. We, hey, we can have ice climbers and duck hunt. Why not Urban Champion, right? Sure, sure why not? I mean, it's so I mean, bad. It's rhetorical. It's it really is. <laughs> such a bad game. Um, well, with that said, let's go ahead and move on to our next news story, which also has to do with Nintendo. And this was posted in our Discord by Adam Davis YT, and uh, Nintendo has officially launched the Animal Crossing New Horizons island tour creator website which apparently allows players to show off their islands with fun posters and switch captured video content and uh i talked about this with you cat before this we're not animal crossing players here but you are and so i want to know why you're excited about this and, and what why this is an important addition to new horizons i think my biggest problem with animal crossing new horizons aside from the fact that they haven't brought the coffee bird back is that <laughs> yes I love you Rooster. There's no really good way to truly show off your island. I mean, you have the code that lets people go visit it and everything, but I love the idea of being able to create a little trailer uh, for people to be able to view on social media. So that's why I was immediately excited for the Island Tour Creator. So as soon as it came out, I immediately jumped on the website and had a hard time with it because I was trying to get 
various screenshots off my Switch onto my phone and everything so that I could put it all together. And ultimately, I was having a hard time doing that. So I wasn't able to make a postcard right away, but I'm still really intrigued by the idea of making a trailer for my island because I am very proud of my island. I think it's very cool. And all I want is the ability to have a little drone that flies over and has a full zoom out of my island that I can share with um, with various people. But this will have to do, uh, being able to send a little postcard with my, my dream uh, friend code to my followers. So it, it's live now. I'm going to go and do it. I'm going to actually... Uh, put together a little promotion for my island. But for people who have stuck with Animal Crossing after one year, people like me, uh, I think this is pretty exciting. Is it a fill-in for the rest of the content that kind of feel like we're missing uh, because we still aren't up to par with Animal Crossing on 3DS? No. Uh, Is it nice to have? Yes. Sure. I mean, you, you you hit the nail on the head for me as a casual Animal Crossing fan. The fact that Brewster is not in this game alone Monstrous. is for me to be like, why? As, as a coffee <laughs> lover myself, I'm even drinking coffee on stream right now, as I usually am. How can they not have Brewster in the cafe back? That's like, you can't, that's one of the most important parts. And it was, it was my favorite part of Animal Crossing New Leaf when I was playing that. So all I want to be able to do is get a cup of coffee and then mm-hmm. stroll around the island holding the cup in my hand. That's yeah. what I want. There has been a dedicated no reason. plot of land on my island for, for the cafe <laughs> since the game launched. And That's I'm awesome. still waiting. Someday. That's dedicated. I found a, I, I used a custom pattern to create Brewster and have my own little coffee shop in my marketplace. So because what you Human do spirit. is you take Fill the, the potter, you take the pattern and then you set up a, a mannequin. Like where you would normally mm-hmm. hold the clothes, but it's the Brewster pattern. So, and then you put it right behind the stall, and it looks like Brewster is standing there. So, so as somebody who's not really played a lot of Animal Crossing, what does Brewster do other than give coffee? What is like does coffee do something for you, or is it just like ah, oh, that's a fine cup of Joe? I don't, I don't know. Co- coffee justifies its own existence. Derek. You're talking to somebody to who's ne- never really me. drank coffee, uh, Ash. <laughs> no, I've had maybe 10 cups in my entire yeah. life. No, I know. I-, I think what it is, at least for me, when playing a lot of Animal Crossing New Leaf, was that it's just, it, it captures that very specific coffee shop, late night coffee shop vibe, right? Where you can just mm. have a nice cup of joe and trade stories with people you might not otherwise meet um it's just kind of that vibe and i guess if you're not a big coffee fan or coffee shop ambiance fan maybe you don't get it but that's what it was for me at least brewster's a beloved character (laughs) there's no there's no point he's just we love him i look at it as like it's animal crossing that people love certain characters my favorite response here is odd doodle is Derek still thinking animal crossing is a game it's like you know fair uh-huh. I mean, look at it this way we put a bunch of decorations on our island that don't do anything but we do it because we love them i'm used to npcs yeah. having a point uh-huh. um yeah i mean i guess yeah i i obviously probably wouldn't really pick up animal crossing new horizons for any real length of time because i'm just kind of over animal crossing personally but if they added brewster back into the game i'd have to really think about picking it up i would uh, as long as I got uh, Reese is already in, she's my other favorite villager. I know Reese is already there, so you get Reese and Brewster, we're good, and I'll probably pick up a copy. But until Reese then, Reese gets married to Brewster. 
So it goes. <laughs> Poor Cyrus, though. What happens to Cyrus in that in that scenario? Well, during the wedding bells event, you saw how many times that Reese was breaking the heart of Bruce uh, of Cyrus. So you know that <laughs> Booster would be put in. She, she's Ooh. cheated on everybody at this point. So oh geez, oh man, I like this animal. This animal Crossing lore is getting a little dark here. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's as good a time as any to move on to our last news story, which has to do with my second favorite game of last year. So let's get that up on screen. And this was posted in our news server uh, by Derek. Uh, you know, my, none other than uh, the awesome Derek right here sitting in front of me. <laughs> yeah, you. I don't know. That, that guy sounds like a jerk. <laughs> right? I know. I can't stand him. Uh, so a Steam listing has revealed Streets of Rage 4 DLC called Mr. X Nightmare. Now we don't know what this is. We can all we can speculate, which we will. But we it is important to note that we did already know Streets of Rage Four DLC was coming. The, de- the developers basically confirmed that months ago, and they said, "Hey, you have to be patient." But yes, DLC is coming. And now this is our first indication of what form that DLC might take. Uh, Derek, you know you're you're obviously my fellow hardcore Streets of Rage Four fan here. What do you make yeah. of this? I. I... This sounds like a new scenario with a couple new levels and hopefully new uh, X Nightmare. I have a feeling a new boss battle against Mr. X will probably be inserted and it's probably sure. might, might be a harder mode. Really, I will be happy with the DLC, any kind of DLC if Estelle is made a bl- playable character. That's yes. all I want. That's yes. all I care about in the grand scheme because Estelle is freaking awesome. She's and she so needs to be cool. playable. Max as well, since he's basically has his moveset already set as well. Might as well toss Max in there. But I think Estelle was the breakout character, despite you know all these these all these actual playable ones. Um, I, I, that's what I want the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just by saying nightmare, it's like okay, that's a it's a. Is it like it's a, a hard sequence? mode. It's a really hard mode. Well, it it could be, but I but I feel like this has to be more than just a new difficulty level, right? I'm thinking this might be a story scenario that has to do with an actual nightmare. Maybe, maybe there's some mm. sort of I don't know. Maybe it's a dream sequence, um, that, and that's what allows them to bring Mister X back in Streets of Rage 4's art style. Um, who really? It's knows? like it's Undead like, Nightmare from Red was, Dead Redemption. I was just Ooh. thinking sure. that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think the, the thing I'd want to see most out of this, uh, even more than Estelle, and I do love Estelle, but I think it's stage three or stage four, we get this tantalizing tease of a Streets of Rage 4 style Rue. He's, he's bartending. <laughs> and that's all he's doing, though. He's not fighting, he's bartending. And I want to play as Rue, man. He's so cool. That's that's three characters now that have like have all the assets there, kind of. Right. Just do something with them. That's all we need. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, all I can say is for sure is I don't know if it's paid or free DLC, and I guess it's, it's probably it's free. probably gonna be paid. You think so? Okay, I wasn't think. sure. Either way, they have my money already. I don't care. I, this game is so amazing. Cat um, and Brandon, do you guys have any particular thoughts about this? Have you played a lot of Streets of Rage Four as well? I'm waiting for that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game to come out. That's oh, what I'm waiting oh, for. Hell yeah, yeah, hell that's yeah. my beat 'em up right there. Mm. I, I love Streets of Rage. So Don't get me wrong. Like Streets of Rage 2, I think, is probably one of the finest beat-em-ups, if not the finest beat-em-up ever made. Uh, but I never got around to Streets of Rage 4. So okay. I, I think you'd really enjoy point, it. If you kind of appetizer yeah. for the TNT thing, I think Streets of Rage 4 is a great game to pick up. Can I can I right. say something sacrilegious or sacrilegious? Yeah, sure. I... <laughs> I don't really like the art style for Streets of Rage 4. Really? I don't think that 
it fits the character with the series as well as I would like. It feels a little too cartoony. I think that mm. plenty of people would obviously disagree. I guess I think of when I think of Streets of Rage, I think of Gritty because of the Sega Genesis. Mm. And I, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm completely mistaken. Maybe Streets of Rage 4 is grittier. Maybe I'm just my opinions are misplaced and I need just to play this game. But that I was I was a little put off by the art as opposed to Turtles, which immediately I was like, this feels right. Oh, Turtles uh, immediately I would say, felt right. <laughs> I would say check it out because I felt that way about Streets of Rage 4 uh, when, you know, when it was still in the preview phase before I actually saw it in motion. I was like, screenshots, eh. I wish they had Sonic mania it uh, with you know updated pixel yeah. art. But then seeing it in motion, I have to say the game is truly gorgeous. And if you're worried about grittiness, the grittiness is plenty there. So you don't have to worry about that, I can say. Um, but I, I would check it out because it's one of its developers, Dotemu, is publishing uh shredder's revenge so there's definitely some shared dna there and yeah, that's uh, I why think, i mentioned I it, it. <laughs> right so i think you'd enjoy it if you do pick it up let me know we'll play online together it's just a fantastic game the soundtrack is mind-blowingly good um so i just yeah. really hope turtles allows four-player online because we only got two-player online with streets me of rage too. it would be a god i wish we had four-player it would. it would be yeah yeah, you gotta have all four players. Come on, you it's do, turtles. Right? You have to. It'd be yeah. counter to turtles and you, if you couldn't, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you have to let me play as Donatello. Uh, excuse uh, me, I already called Donatello on Twitter like weeks ago, Cat. I don't know. I guess he didn't see it, but I got. I have Donatello. to throw my hat in that ring too. Sorry, shaking my head. <laughs> see, I'm, a, I'm a Donatello fan as well, but so like, but I also don't like to compete. So I'm like, hey, you guys can fight over it. I'll take my Michelangelo and uh, enjoy the nice. nunchucks. Oh, okay. You're the Michelangelo. I'm the Donatello. Uh, Ash is okay. clearly the Leonardo. What? He's my uh, he's favorite turtle. At least You're give me leader. Raphael. Uh, I don't want to be my least case. favorite Leo turtle. Sucks. You want to trade? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would take I would take Leonardo. Okay, well, then if you're taking Leonardo, I take Donnie. I'll take the dual katanas are pretty cool. Not yeah, and I'm still stuck with on... Raphael. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> All right, I, I'm like. Almost as big a fan of Raph as I am Don. So you can have Donnie, Brandon. I'll take Raph. Bless you. Uh, why, is it, dude. why is it that Raph and Donatello fans, like usually Donatello fans like Raphael as second best? Like what is it about I, those two characters is that, that connect? Is that true? I mean, I, I, mean, true I like me. Raphael. <laughs> I mean, I like nerds Raph are, I guess, usually angry and you know, nerds. So <laughs> they got the two, <laughs> two things like that. that we're all... 30 something nerds who grew up in a specific, specific time and place because they have oh, very strong it. opinions on ah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The funny thing is, is Raph consistently to me feels like the worst turtle to play amongst all the turtle games. Like, nah, definitely the original NES one because he has no range. Oh, Donatello yeah. was by far the best one in the well, original. He does the stupid flip, uh, he does the stupid flip side thing that is very weak. Whereas yeah. he's a he lot better in the, the arcade game. games. The arcade games he is, is better. For me, I just in like the, the bow staff. The... Like in Soul Calibur, I play Keelik just Same. because that's his weapon. I love that as a weapon personally as well. Yeah. That's one of the many things I like about Donatello. Uh, plus, you know, in the beat em ups, Raph is better because his short range is made up for by him usually being the fastest character. So he can get up in, you know, an enemy's face faster than anybody else, even though he doesn't really have the range. Um, mm. Either way, I have ah, shit. Steve in the chat just reminded me, he says he already called Raph. We might have we might have to come. So, to here, so here's the thing, based on that trailer, it kind of seems like April and uh, Splinter yeah, will be playable. It does. 
Where's it Casey does. Jones? Come on. And <laughs> I feel like Casey Jones will be in there. It has to be. Casey if Jones Casey's is really in, I'll take Casey. Definitely. Also, sure. real deep cup of the cut if they manage to get uh, Usagi Yojimbo in there. Oh. That'd be cool. Or uh, or the neutrinos, or I mean, there's so many. There's such a deep. I can't imagine the neutrinos is fighting. No, it's never but... gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. Please um, get us a soggy, you Jimbo. Splinter, April, and Casey Jones are the the three that I would want the most. Can we have um, Batman as a secret character? No. There's a couple turtles the crossover. crossovers. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and one of them at least is really good. I only learned about their existence of like a couple months ago, and I watched the movie immediately, and it was as cool as I'd hoped it. Would. It's so good. Mm. yeah uh well anyway that, that was about streets of rage 4 then it turned into a shredder's revenge discussion um <laughs> but uh that is all the news we have for today so um of course before we head out cat would you please let us know where our amazing audience can find you and action the blood god I'm Cap Bailey, and you can find me on twitter at the underscore catbot i'm also the host of Axe the blood god it's an rpg podcast that goes up weekly we have a Patreon, it's patreon.com slash bloodgodpod, and our subscribers get every episode a week early and ad-free. We also have a lot of great premium content for people for our that this audience might find particularly enjoyable. For example, we just did a 35th anniversary tribute to The Legend of Zelda, which Ooh, was yeah. a lot of fun. And we had our friend of the show, John Cartwright, on the show to help us as well. So that was oh, a... That sounds like a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> There will be it no was a great John time. Slander. Right. We also um, have a Pantheon of the Blood God special, and we recently did Final Fantasy VIII. So, nice. Ash, I know that's your favorite one. Uh, I like FFA, but it's not my favorite one. It is I'm my favorite soundtrack. In this Pantheon, I'll just listen. Yeah, oh, yes, I do still consider it the pinnacle of Oimatsu's career. Oh, I'll say that. yes, I do. We are in agreement, Ash. Nice. We got to. We got to have a music discussion, a Final Fantasy music mm. discussion. That would be fun, Kat. I would be totally into that. I'm glad Thank that we're in agreement songs. on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I can personally vouch for how awesome Action of the Blood God is because I've been lucky and humbled enough to be invited uh, onto the show twice myself, uh, most recently to discuss a Final Fantasy entire series ranking that isn't always correct, but it's... it's we came to blows. <laughs> we did. We did. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But yes, maybe I'll over the course. placement of Final Fantasy thirteen. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, which still yeah, was higher than the, I thought it was going to be, but man. less thirteen and more twelve. Twelve was, was the placement I had more of a problem with than thirteen. But uh, you know, we could we could turn this into a Final Fantasy discussion all night easily. And let's um, do but, it, right? I do. I do. I, I, I am curious that. about Cat's uh, um, progress in fourteen, but uh, we'll say that for oh. the post show. Yeah, I look forward Fair to it. All right. Well, of course, for those of you watching the VOD version, uh, we will have all the usual links to Kat's Twitter and uh, Action of the Blood God and everything in the video description below. So please go check that out. Uh, but with that said, we are done for the day. So as always, a huge thank you to, uh, well, all of our patrons at every tier, but particularly our producers at the, uh, or sorry, our patrons at the producer level and above, because without your support, this show would not be happening. So we are so thankful to you. Um, and in addition, a particularly massive thank you to all of our patrons at the executive producer tier and above and those wonderful folks include jared edinger brandon bovia rob Arman x dan and twistle z patty hyrule hermit sky blue flames adam o'sullivan richard herrera michael phone floating mew aiko carroll 
Christopher, The D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Nick Waterman, Jesse N, aka Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedran Hotik, Makalau, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Shadow the Cat, Alessia, Azran127, Kim Rule09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Shiny Turkey, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Charles Zaz, Douglas Chomix, Andrew Medeiros, Aurum, Phantom23, Scott Barber, Patrick Harrison, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzywig Hoyd, Loyal Dingo, Flaming Highwayman, Sean Garrett, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Master Lynx, Sean Davis, Deneth, Jackson Jordan, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Ashish Joshi, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Booby, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes in 60 Seconds, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Pardo Bowling, Hey Steve's Mom, Bye Steve's Mom, Sorry Steve's Mom, <laughs> Dark Umi 87, The Flying Tacos, Scuff 196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Chip Damage Mike, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, and last but certainly not least, Wheezy Penguin. So, as always, uh, if you enjoy the show and you would like to become part of our live audience tier or uh, just explore supporting us at the various other tiers we offer, head on over to patreon.com gbgaming to check out uh, all of our various tiers and, and the perks they come with. But uh, as always, we, of course, appreciate every single one of you, whether you choose to support us or not. We'd really appreciate it if you just dropped a like and subscribe to our channel. But we love all of our supporters regardless. So thank you so much for everything, everyone. And we will see you next time on Today's News Tonight. Until then, <laughs> until then, good night and good vibes. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Yeah.